Hello everyone, welcome to this clinical knowledge video on thyroid function tests. So we are going to be going through different presentations of thyroid function tests, what this might mean, uh, potential causes and further investigations that may be required. So first up, we have a suppressed or low TSH with a raised T4. What might this mean, Marcus? So this is a classic presentation of hyperthyroidism. Uh, you have a suppressed TSH, free thyroid hormone levels, including free T4 and T3 if tested. And common causes have been listed as Graves, autoimmune Graves thyrotoxicosis. Uh, alternatively, it may be a toxic nodule or a hot nodule within a multinodular goiter. Alternatively, to Quervian's thyroiditis, which is classically uh, characterized by acute pharyngitis, and also other drug-related causes uh, such as amiodarin. Okay, and, and how would you tell the difference between, say, Graves' disease and a viral thyroiditis? Well, history and examination is key. Acute viral thyroiditis or Dequervian's thyroiditis is usually characterized by acute pharyngitis or an intercurrent illness with an exquisitely tender thyroid for palpation. Uh, patients will often have a temperature uh, and raised inflammatory markers. Uh, and this, this is a kind of characteristic, classic characteristic uh, presentation of that condition. Alternatively, Graves' disease will uh, be uh, much more indolent on the whole. Uh, well, they often is an associated either direct or uh, indirect uh, family history of autoimmune disease. Uh, and patients can be picked up quite quickly by the presence of a goiter or proptosis, which has changes within the eyes. Uh, and tests for that would include uh, checking the TSH receptor antibody, antibody levels, which is usually pathognomonic of the condition. Okay, and where does a technician uptake scan fit in? A technician uptake scan is, is useful in patients who may have uh, clinical findings consistent with Graves but have negative TSH receptor antibodies. But more importantly, it can also be used in the diagnosis and differential diagnosis between Graves and Dequervian thyroiditis. So in Graves' disease, you'll have global homogenous uptake uh, tracer within the, within, the, within the whole thyroid, whereas in Dequervian's thyroiditis, there will be absent or no uptake uh, within the thyroid, uh, making that diagnosis much more likely radiologically. Okay, great. And um, for a toxic nodule, how would we investigate that? Well, again, a toxic nodule would be uh, characterized by negative TSH receptor antibodies, but again, on a technetium uptake scan, you'll usually get a hot focus or a, uh, an area within the thyroid itself which takes up a large amount of tracer. You may get a degree of suppression of the rest of the thyroid uh, in, in relation to the, uh, the uh, what was called a hot nodule or toxic nodule. So it's a, a sort of unilateral a focal area within the thyroid itself. Okay, great. Um, so next up, we have a low TSH uh, with a normal free T4. What does this mean? Uh, well, this is commonly seen when patients are having routine blood tests. So you may find patients have what's called subclinical hyperthyroidism. Uh, and usually the way to diagnose that is a suppressed TSH of around 0.1 or less and free thyroid hormones within the normal range. And patients are often asymptomatic and it's, it's usually an incidental finding. Okay. And the causes, I guess, are similar to the causes for hyperthyroidism. Exactly. Yes, that would be the case. Okay. Next up, we have a raised or normal TSH 
with a raised free T4. What could this mean? Well, this this is um, the first the first thing I would say is it's important in this situation to exclude an assay problem. So sometimes you may see this depending on the assay that's used in the laboratory, uh, and sometimes biotin, which is a, a, a kind of um, a supplement that people take, can cause this type of presentation. But once you've excluded both of those things, this is a rare presentation. Uh, it's not often seen uh, due due to pathology, and the pathologies that it would be associated with would be either a TSHoma or a a pituitary uh, adenoma secreting TSH hormone, uh, or alternatively, uh, thyroid hormone resistance, which often is a familial complication. Okay, and so investigations then, what would they be? Well, investigations come after good thorough history and examination, um, and uh, the investigations that you would choose to do uh, would be based on that. Uh, patients with a TSHoma will often have a degree of hypothyroidism. They, they may also have some degree of um, ophthalmic involvement if the TSH is, is, is causing pressure or compression of the optic chasm. But on the whole, uh, the best uh, form of modality for treatment would be to do an MRI, MRI scan um, to check for an evidence of pituitary adenoma. And with thyroid hormone resistance, these patients are usually relatively asymptomatic. They may have a degree of background tachycardia and a goiter. Uh, and again, detailed family history and genotyping would be the best way to diagnose this condition. But as I say, these two conditions are extremely rare. Okay. And and just with the TSHOMA then, if there was um, compression of the optic chiasm and they had a bitemporal hemianopia, um, what could we do to, to quantify that? Well, you'd, uh, you'd proceed to visual perimetry with Goldman perimetry, um, and you'd also at the same time check uh, additional hormone function from the anterior pituitary gland itself. Okay. Uh, so next up, we have a raised TSH and a low free T4. So classically in keeping with hypothyroidism, uh, underactive thyroid, uh, this is often picked up early now in clinical practice, whereas some uh, in previous times this was a late presentation would have been presented as um, as a patient who had a significant goiter and was lethargic of be putting on weight. Often it's now picked up quite quickly. And the most common cause of that is uh, the autoimmune condition Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis. Uh, in iron deficient areas um, uh, outside the UK, uh, again, that would be another cause. And as I've mentioned uh, before, it's always helpful to take a drug history when examining and assessing someone's thyroid function. So in this case, both amiodarone and lithium could be responsible for uh, hypothyroidism. In the context of pregnancy, if, if someone has recently delivered within the past three months, postpartum thyroiditis would be something to consider in the differential diagnosis. Okay. Um, and I just noticed that postpartum thyroiditis is listed as a cause of both hypo and hyperthyroidism. So um, it can happen in both. In, in both, certainly. So you may find uh, it can either be a mono, monophasic, where you have either hypothyroidism, uh, or it can be biphasic, where you have an initial three-month um, transient hyperthyroidism, which is then uh, superseded by a three-month period of hypothyroidism. Uh, and patients may, uh, this may last for up to eight months, and some patients may remain profoundly uh, hypothyroid over the longer term, although this is usually unlikely. Okay, and um, on the whole, does this require treatment? Uh, on the whole, I would say no. If, if someone's hyperthyroid, you would uh, offer beta blockade, 
um, to manage symptoms, uh, low-dose beta-blockade being perfectly acceptable in breastfeeding. Uh, and in hypothyroidism, I personally tend to try and uh, err off treatment unless the patients are very symptomatic. Uh, and if that's the case, you could offer a low dose of levothyroxine. Um, and that should then, if you have done that, should be withdrawn at about six to eight months to see if the patient has recovered spontaneously or has ongoing hypothyroidism. Okay. And so the uh, investigation of choice for Hashimoto's thyroiditis? Well, TPO antibodies classically are seen in this condition, and the higher the TPO antibody titer, the more likely the patient is to progress rapidly with their hypothyroidism. Um, and uh, that would be the main antibody check or the main blood test you would do alongside your thyroid function test for Hashimoto's. Okay. And then finally, we've got um, a low or normal TSH uh, with a low T4. So what could this mean? Um, so uh, this is often we might see this in patients who are acutely unwell in hospital, classically referred to as sick euthyroidism, uh, and should not be uh, treated per se with uh, levothyroxine. Uh, this is usually quite a transient condition, should recover spontaneously. Characteristic findings may be that the patient has an acute inflammatory response. They may have raised inflammatory markers such as white cell count or ESR. And the patients usually are unwell at the time, and therefore um, this would explain the, the presentation. Alternatively, um, uh, secondary hypothyroidism may be uh, the cause, and that's usually due to a structural defect within the pituitary gland itself. Um, it may be from compression from, from an adenoma, uh, not involving directly the, uh, the, the area that in, the, the thyrotrope area that produces TSH. Um, and again, this would be characterized by good history and examination, uh, checking the blood tests and then proceeding as appropriate to pituitary imaging. OK, and I, I guess pituitary apoplexy would also fit in there as a pituitary pathology that could cause secondary hypothyroidism. Most certainly. I mean, that an apoplexy could come in several forms. It could come as part of Sheehan syndrome. We just mentioned um, the pregnancy a moment ago in patients who have a significant postpartum hemorrhage or it come, could come acutely from the point of view of uh, an acute sudden onset headache, uh, signs of meningism uh, and some changes with the peripheral vision. Uh, and that is very much a neurosurgical endocrine emergency and should be treated as such. Okay, great. Um, so that wraps up our overview of thyroid function tests and how to deal with them. Thank you. Thank you.